Hey, Oomphies. Hey, Oomphies. Welcome to Oomphcast, <laughs> the podcast where I, Quasi Matt, talk to my Oomphs. And today we're here with Ellen. And what's your Twitter handle again? Wet Papa. Wet Papa. Okay. Wet it, Papa. Is that yeah. also what you are on Instagram? No, on Instagram, I am Tornado Ellen. Wait, Tornado? Yeah, Tornado. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah Tornado. <laughs> tornado Ellen. Yeah, you're very dedicated to like the. Um, like you don't have like numbers or like underscores and stuff in your names, right? I hate that shit. No, I can't do it. Literally. It's so, it's so like horrible to look at. I can never, I don't understand how people can do that. Like people will just put like seven numbers at the end of their username and I'm like, try again. It's so messy. And I'm like, do those numbers mean anything to you? Like, what is that? Your home address? I'm coming. Yeah. It's like your full birthday. Actually. Oh God. When I first made a Neopets (laughs) account, when I was like not even 13 my my like name was literally matt and then my full-on birthday like <laughs> and this was like in the era when everyone was like oh my god look out for stalkers like you're gonna get kidnapped if you put any info online so like my parents were like you're gonna die because your info is online <laughs> it's like okay it's my birthday die. <laughs> i made a i made a fake facebook when i was 12 that had a fake last name on it but everybody knew who it was because i had my fucking face on it and I got chastised at school. Your school cared about? Oh, yeah, I guess. I kind of remember that era. No, like when... like my my classmates. Because like, I added all oh. of them on Facebook. Wait, they why were like... they, if they were also on Facebook, then why were they mad about it? <laughs> they were just like, that's not your name. And I was like, oh. right. But like some people Safety don't first. know that. And like, I just, I remember it was so weird. It was so weird of me to do. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. I feel like anything goes when you're like 12 and online. We all do. <laughs> We all did those things. Yeah. Some of us still do those God, things. God, I hope. <laughs> I hope. Uh, <laughs> thinking about my online presence when I was 12. Do you like delete old stuff or is it? does it still exist? I am. I delete like everything that um, I've ever done. I've had the same accounts actually since I was like my Twitter. I've had that since I was uh, 14. No, 13, yeah, 13 or 14. And then my Instagram I've had since I was uh 14 as well and you don't like go back and delete old stuff um i should on my tweets but i haven't done or i did a ton on my instagram oh yeah i know okay i know i i mean i was never problematic on twitter i was just annoying yeah yeah i feel like that's how it is for even for me like i get so i'm like oh no i needed to delete it because like i'll convince myself that i probably said something fucked up when in reality i i didn't like i'm just paranoid <laughs> literally literally i mean like the worst things i said was like i would tweet a dude's name at hi- in, like that i was in high school with and i'd be like he's so hot like and number one that's weird <laughs> yeah it's like kind of weird, weird but it's not weird like someone's gonna care about like a decade later i don't think yeah they're gonna go back and think oh that weird fucker ellen thought i was hot <laughs> yeah like cool <laughs> literally 10 years ago Mm-hmm. So yeah so happy about that <laughs> let's go through let's try to go through our oomph origin story oh actually no first i'll give the i'll give the background so actually for for oomphcast historians um <laughs> ellen and jarv jarv binks who you know her from college right college. yeah yeah we yeah, met okay. in a comm class freshman year yeah so the first ever like pilot oomphcast episode was was those two and then it just like never got put out because i decided to change a lot of things so actually ellen and i have already like uh recorded an oomphcast episode before but 
now we're back. <laughs> and this one's actually going to be released. That one is just like deleted forever. So I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's go through. So the Oomph origin story has something to do with you going to school in North Dakota, which is also where you, did you grow up in North Dakota as well? Yep. I grew up in Fargo, North Dakota, like the butthole of the United States. Sorry. <laughs> I just, I don't have, I don't have kind words for Fargo, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah. understandable. I don't have, I don't think a lot of people have, um, have kind words for like their hometowns. Actually, I don't know. I could it's... say if you wanted me to, I could say some kind words about my hometown, but I wouldn't like, if someone brings it up, I'm not going to start standing. Like, is it your hometown, Otana? <laughs> yeah. Otana, Minnesota, oh capital of the world, home of culture. Fashion capital of the world. Exactly. And then, so you went to uh, university in Fargo, which is where yeah. someone from, so Baramir from my high school went there. Mm-hmm. And then like, some, yeah. somehow, like I just follow like 50 people from Fargo as a result. So I followed, <laughs> I followed you because you actually followed my friend CJ who lives in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. Wait, oh no. Oh my God. I was like putting this together because you, I saw, I did not know that you two knew each other at all because, okay, mm-hmm. this is someone, yeah, who I don't know really how we're oops, either, but, um, <laughs> and then I saw pics of you together and I was like, oh, what the hell? I didn't know this because I always, every time someone's from like Fargo, I just assume that it's because of Barra because that's how everyone mm-hmm. else from Fargo works. But yeah. You, wait, so Same... how do you, you went to high school with CJ? No. So his, one of his best friends, Lena is also one of my best friends. And so, um, I was in ceramics with Lena and then I convinced her to work with me. And then we just like, our like friendship just budded from there. So of course I met you know, all of her friends, I ended up meeting CJ and Cole, and yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, obviously you didn't fucking go to high school together, because he literally lived in, like, Minneapolis. Rochester. Yeah. Oh, no, Rochester, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, I knew it was somewhere in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. So there's, like, a lot going on but, there. The The Midwestern, like, social network is really thriving. Well, yeah, and then seeing, like, Barra and, um, Jar- oh, my God, not Jar- Michaela, seeing Barra and Michaela as a follower on someone, I'm like, okay, they're funny, they're chill, like, We'll here i go we we'll hit that follow we'll Got hit that follow up. button yeah i love Got that. A oomph up. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah okay i'm glad that we were able to actually trace that because with some people i'm completely unable to like figure out how it kind of worked but i guess there's like enough there's like multiple connections going on there mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was just like ooh. so you went from ooh. north dakota and now you're in LA I yeah. feel like that's like a yep. massive difference that was direct right like you did you literally just like graduate college and you're like okay going to Los Angeles so I graduated college and yeah I did go to Los Angeles I was here for about a month or so and then my mom had cancer at the time and she had uh her chemo failed and basically it um made her really dizzy we like she didn't know that it had failed and it made her really dizzy. She had a traumatic brain injury. So I went home for a year, basically like hung out with her, took care of her. And she did pass the summer. Mm-hmm. But I, after she passed, I stayed for about two months. And then um, my dad and I just kind of agreed that it was like time for me to go. And so I moved here in September with one of my best friends, Sierra. And it has been so chaotic since it's been so good but like just 
Man. Are you like back and forth? Like, I remember, I think last time I reached out to try to schedule to record with you, you were in North Dakota as well. So you like go back and forth mm-hmm. kind of frequently or not really? Did I just like catch one of the times? Um, I've gone back twice now and I'm going back again in June. I'm really close to my dad. So like, I mean, I got, I hate, I hate traveling. I just, I hate, you know, flying in layovers and whatnot, but I'm so close to my dad that like, I don't care. Like I, I go home quite a bit to see him. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like I, I like traveling, but I hate layovers. That's my only thing. I just hate layovers <laughs> so much. Yeah. I'm like, I used to get the absolute cheapest flight that I could find and I don't fly a lot. So like, I mm-hmm. guess it's not a huge deal, but like I recently started not getting the cheapest flight available and being like, okay, let's keep it reasonable. Like I don't want to hang out Literally. For, for like 12 hours straight. Literally, I spent 12 hours in an airport one time, and I was like, this is the last time I fly Spirit. <laughs> so yeah, bad. oh, God. It was rough. And then, uh, actually, I spent Christmas Eve in an airport this year, which, like, I hate admitting I flew home, but it was the first Christmas after my mom died, so I was like, I can't miss Christmas. Like, I cannot miss it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love how that's, like, <laughs> you don't want to admit that. Like, that's, like, the most <laughs> normal thing ever to do, and you're like... No, it's so fucked up. Who goes home for Christmas? <laughs> no, because we're in a global pan- like pandemic. So oh, like, okay. I literally forgot uh, about that shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because Germany is like on the ball. Oh, no, we're not. No, we are absolutely not. Like, Really? I mean, it's like, <laughs> like by case numbers, it's better than the US. But like basically since I've moved here, there have like restaurants have not been open, not even outdoor dining. So I guess we're, we're on the ball in, in the sense that they have really, really heavy and strict lockdowns and like we have a curfew and stuff, but we have like, you know, we, we have cases, our vaccine rollout absolutely is like horrendously awful. So I, yeah, I really flopped. (laughs) I really flopped by like moving here when I did, but we'll make it through. We'll do it. I was offered a vaccine, um, on San Pedro street, which is actually a part of Skid Row. And I didn't realize that it was a part of Skid Row before. I was like, absolutely, you will see me. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm good. I'm good. Did you get another appointment or you have to wait? I have to wait. I don't have to. So I don't have to wait because I, I was a food service worker. But now I do because there's absolutely no appointments. Oh, yeah. We're in, a shortage. we're in a shortage right now. And then... I heard that this week we're getting a ton more vaccines and now um, I believe as of the 14th, it'll be open to everybody. So uh, that'll be a little bit easier to get a hold of a vaccine. Yeah, I that's mean, nice. since I don't have a job now, I don't have to worry about taking a day for the side effects. Let's, let's <laughs> um, talk more about that because I feel like that's recent and exciting. So what uh, <laughs> you, I guess you did have a job or two before. So what were those? And then how did we, how did we get here? I had a really lovely stable job at Bukiti Beppo, um, which is so fucking cringe, but. I'm obsessed it was, with that. I love that. <laughs> it was so cringe. It was at the Grove. And so it was, it was so much fun. Like my coworkers were literally the best. Like I remember one time my manager was like, Hey, if you have any friends, like, can you, like send them here because we need help on takeout. And I was like, honestly, all of my friends work here, so I cannot help you. And uh, the company ended up, so we had a bar that was connected uh, to our restaurant and it was on the same lease. And uh, um, it wasn't able to open until we opened to full capacity. And so the owners ended up 
uh, completely shutting it down and shutting our restaurant down just because it wasn't making the quotas that they like that they like to see, which was disappointing because I feel like in a like had we been given a month, we would have been fine. But then I was offered a job within the same company at a different bar in LA. And instead of going straight to bartending, I was put on takeout and I decided that I was too pretty to deal with uh, food delivery drivers. Wait, what, when you get put on takeout, does that just mean that you like hand it to the, like, I don't know what that means. Oh, it means that you like you pack you pack the food from like virtual kitchens. Like so in LA we have fake restaurants that are set up oh, within yeah. restaurant kitchens and they're the most annoying shit ever. And like, you were like, I want tips. Yeah. Basically. I was like I was like, I'm not making any money and I'm working till one in the morning and uh, no one here is fuckable. So I I was like, What am I doing here? <laughs> it's not for me. So, okay, so Buka de Beppo, like, they basically, well, no, that you didn't lose that job then. They just gave you another one, and then you just quit it because you were like, okay, this is not for me, or what? So, I did lose that job. Like, they laid us all off, and then a week later, I, um, I was pulled into a restaurant called Rockin' Riley's, which is an Irish pub on Sunset Boulevard, which sounds like it would make a lot of money, but, like, I just, like, it was not the vibe for me at all <laughs> like it was so it was like too irish pub was it like old people it was or like a it was like a roach motel oh for real it was like a roach motel and i'm pretty sure that one of the bars was like native american themed i was like everything about this is problematic why is there an irish pub next to a native american themed bar yeah that's weird i didn't even really know that like a native american themed bar was a thing i didn't either. like what does I that even mean like... What I was just like, <laughs> so, uh, okay, so my dad, my dad's native. And so when I walked in, I was like, this aesthetic is so cool. Like, it feels like very familiar. And I was like, I kind of like it. Like, this is really cool. I fuck with it. And then like, as like my shifts went on, I think I had like seven shifts there total. I started noticing that like a lot of it, I just like started noticing little things. And I'm like, this is, this is Native American themed. Like there was like stone, stoneware dishes. And then little like arrow engravings all over these little like clay pots that they would serve ice cream in. And then I realized like, oh, there's there's, there's fringe everywhere. It just like like hide rugs. I was like, this this is this is weird. I don't like this. And then above us was um, a restaurant called Warrior, which was um, just like a sushi restaurant, but like their decor was also super weird and problematic. Like very like uh like like the the pictures of the women were very fetishizing and it was so uncomfortable oh yeah wait where is this is this in like a super you said sunset boulevard that so that's yeah. like a relatively touristy area so it's not like it's not like these are bars that have like regulars that are coming in these right. are okay yeah but i guess you get the same type of crowd at the grove buca de beppo it's mm-hmm. all just like yeah yeah, because wait, so where actually is the Grove? I've been there, but I've only been to LA, I think, once. So I don't know, like, what neighborhood it's in. Is it in WeHo? It's in an area called Miracle Mile, which is technically a part of Hollywood, I believe. Oh, the Hollywood okay. WeHo um, district lines are super weird. Like, it goes in and out of blocks. Like, you will, you'll, you could walk in to West Hollywood on one block and then cross the street and you're in Hollywood. 
like oh, and that's and on somewhere several on different spots yeah so i just say that it's a miracle mile okay which is like um, the border i guess yeah i'd say it's more it's closer to central la like you it's it's in it's in west la i guess oh mm. uh, yeah it's west la do you live near but, there where like the places that you work or do you live somewhere else i actually i live in the studio district so i'm hollywood studio district okay that's it's, that's a part of hollywood i know nothing about la mm -hmm. neighborhood so okay yeah oh so that's um that's like by paramount and like there's a bunch of like little recording studios around us it's a really fun area it's a lot of um it's a lot of young people oh yeah so, that's good i always hear about silver lake that's like the only neighborhood oh my in God, LA silver that lake. <laughs> and like the rich people ones I mean... like santa monica and shit but like silver lake is where yeah. i hear about like people our age living Dude, and I don't know how because it's so expensive. Like, oh, I heard that it was I, like cheap. Oh no, wait, wait. What what's Echo? No, you're Echo thinking, Park Silver you're Lake. I don't know. The, yes, Echo Park Silver Lake. It is a ton of young people, and they like they don't all look the same, but like they all have the same general vibe to them. Which is what and, vibe? Can we get a vibe like, description? Um, like streetwear hipster. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would. That's kind of what I was like. All boy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like they drink their coffee black even though they really don't enjoy it and they really want some like oat milk and agave in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's and I thing. mean, I can't like make fun of these people because I am friends with some of them, but also like I'm going to make fun of them because yeah, it's, it's just it's funny. such... And they probably make fun of themselves, hard... honestly. They do. <laughs> they do. Everyone who's like that <laughs> is very self-aware of it and thinks it's fun. I don't know. I think it's like people love to shit on these certain communities of people for being like super weird and like intentionally alternative but it's like they know what they're doing like they have to know what they're doing i um, sierra and i went to go get a couch from some guy in echo park yeah we went to go get a, a couch in San echo park and we're standing inside his living room and we're like yeah the couch is great like when can we come and get it and he just like starts casually like speaking to us and i was we were like no no we're here for your couch and then it all ended up that he couldn't fit the couch out of the door. And so he just left it for the next tenant. What and the, then okay. like reached <laughs> and then reached out again to like chat with us. I was like, what this is not social hour, this is couch hour. He literally listed his couch to network. He just wanted people to come over so he could like make friends. literally, literally. And I think the worst part about this was I was wearing this I was wearing a bra that was unlined, completely see-through, and a crop top, and I accidentally like stretched. Um, I, I don't know why I stretched in front of him, but I'm like fully, my boobs were out fully. And <laughs> I love I, like, that that I happens just, like, at like a couch pickup, like the most, yeah, the I'm most think innocent about possible. Literally, I'm like this poor man <laughs> or maybe this lucky man. I don't know how he felt about it, but I definitely walked out of there like you're kidding. <laughs> Damn. But you're, so you're in LA because you're pursuing comedy let's talk a little bit about that so like how did you <laughs> when slash how did you figure out that this was it for you um well i think i knew it was it when i it was diagnosed with adhd when i was eight <laughs> eight no. years old you're like oh i'm gonna move to la after college <laughs> i <laughs> i did know that i was like when even from a very young age i knew that i wanted to be in los angeles because i was obsessed with surfing and Wait, I've, surf? I've gone I've gone surfing one time, <laughs> but I was obsessed with it. I watched The Endless Summer as many times as I possibly could. 
And no, I just, I kind of grew up being a kind of a clown and people would tell me I needed to do stand-up comedy. And I was like, that's dumb. I'm not going to do it. Like I most I'll do a YouTube channel. But then one night last year, um, I was uh, fucked up with Melina and uh, we were like, let's do stand-up comedy. And the next night I went to, um, I went to an open mic comedy show and I just did it. And it, it was so much fun. <laughs> did you, so the, the next night, damn, I thought you had to like prepare something. Did you have to write stuff up before you went so before when I first started doing comedy I just like I just had a bunch of chaotic stories and so basically what Lena and I would do is we would get a bottle of wine make a charcuterie board and sit in like re I would tell a story and then we would reword it to um have comedic breaks and like laughing points we would just Mm -hmm. reword it and I would uh, write that down on a sheet of paper, bullet point it. And since it was so fresh in my head, I would just go to these comedy shows, look at my notes, get up there and just like tell the story basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this yeah. is this is a particular so, type of comedy, right? Like, I mean, I don't really know about genres of comedy, but like not too, how common is it to just actually tell, like this seems very literal, like you're literally just telling stories about your life, which I don't know how... Is that common? I don't know. I know nothing about stand-up. I've only seen a couple of other people do it. And I think that you you have to really love attention if you're going to do storytelling because you have to genuinely believe that these people are interested in your life. Mm. So I don't know what's wrong with me that I'm like, yeah, they want to hear this. But... <laughs> and I, I honestly, I also don't really know genres of comedy that well yet. Yeah, because you just do what is natural for you, I guess. So you don't need to necessarily. Yeah. And I'm trying to network down here, but I've only ever seen a couple of people do the storytelling bits. And some people are really good at one-liners. Like, I want to get better at one-liners. Yeah, is that like, is it, are those the two main things? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, how comedy works because I'm I'm used to, or I feel like I would gravitate towards, I'm not that into stand-up. But I feel like I gravitate towards um, comedy that's more like social criticism or maybe a little bit like like philosophical in nature. Not like yes. literally philosophical, but... No, I totally get you though. Yeah, I totally like a get bit it. abstract. No, it, like it wouldn't make sense. It's definitely not telling a story about your own life. It's definitely like some sort of reflection on on your thoughts yeah and I want to get into that but it's so like it's so hard to find a crowd like that I should go to Silver Lake or Echo Park (laughs) (laughs) because where do you I guess like where what neighborhoods did you do your um previous like stand-up performances in or open mics or whatever North Hollywood and that's where that's where I'm doing my show next week is in North Hollywood but um next week I'm doing a ton I'm doing a bunch of open mics and I'm not really sure where they're at yet. I haven't seen, I haven't like looked at the date and times for them. I just know that there's a bunch next week that me and Melina are going to. So I'm really excited, but I've only done that in North Hollywood and North Hollywood is um, somewhat red per se. Like, oh yeah, there was, there was a crowd. So how, how this one bar does their comedy shows is they do it Wednesday and Thursday nights. And I had a show Wednesday, and Sierra, my best friend and roommate, she had um, she had a show Thursday night, and there was this mega crowd, and like they didn't want to pay to get in, they did, they just wanted to watch from like the barricade, and they were so fucking annoying. 
Um, but they had people on the inside of the bar. It, it was just like a really weird situation. And I'm like, why would you want to instigate or why, like, why would you want to incite violence at a comedy show? Like, calm down, go get a life. But they went inside the bar and said that um, people were harassing them and that like their rights were being violated by people asking them to put a mask on, shit like that. So then they had to cancel the next comedy show. So she still hasn't even gotten to do a show yet. She wants to try it out. Oh, so, so they literally had to cancel it because the anti-maskers were coming out yes. to play, basically. And like, I would love to try like social criticism comedy at an open mic i guess that wasn't an open mic i was a scheduled performer but like i want i want to do social criticism comedy but it's you so don't know tough. if it will land with the audience yeah yeah because i said something about female masturbation and a whole table just got up and didn't even see my set they just left they were like no oh yeah i guess it is like a very particular i mean i don't know yeah. is it is it a well-known thing that in different neighborhoods or at different places you can expect a different flavor or a different genre of comedy like is this something that you can predict and then go to the right places or is it kind of random um uh i don't know i really don't know because i i mean i've only been here for seven months now mm, yeah okay but i know that like i just know that some like I'll see certain comedians at the same places and they kind of have an idea. So like these people knew that there would be Republicans there and I had no idea. So I just went out with the story about how I tried to buy a vibrator from a garage sale when I was eight years old and that did not land. Yeah. I like, wrong like it crowd. <laughs> a major wrong crowd. They were probably like, that's disgusting. I don't even own one myself. And it's like, this guy probably has like a cock ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, I have very minimal comedy experience here. And then when I was in Fargo, I did any open mic that I could. <laughs> oh, so you had started this before. I didn't realize that. So throughout, oh, throughout yeah. college or maybe even before, when did you start? I started spring of 2020. So like right before the pandemic started, I started comedy. Oh, <laughs> so it was, like, so it was just that you were in, okay. So, so it's not like you started when you were in college college it's like no. you just happened to be in fargo after you had okay yeah yeah this makes mm -hmm. sense yep it was the year that i was back yeah okay but so it was you, a good yeah go ahead we'll keep going no you keep going. you keep going um i just have a question about like this show that you told me because i remember last time when we recorded this was a while ago that we recorded our our first episode um with Michaela that we scrapped. Oh, yeah, but that you was were talking like about yeah you were talking about how you had just booked your first show and then it got canceled because <laughs> Um, I guess just because of Corona, because of like lockdown uh -huh. and stuff. But now you said that next week or in, in a couple of weeks or something, you have like a show where you're actually, you know, it's on an open mic. Is this, is that going to be your first one or have you already done this before? That's and my like, second show. Your second one. And how does this, like, how do you work your way into this? Is it just a matter of going to a lot of open mics until people kind of notice you and then want to book you or? How Honestly, you I was... I was with a friend who has been here for four years and he's doing, he also does stand up comedy or comedy. And uh, so I was at a show with him and I was like, I want to get up there and do that. Like I, like, this is, this is what I want to do. Like Zach, what, what do we got to do to get me up there? And literally he just introduced me to the guy who uh, books the comedians. And the guy was like, yep, like you got it. Like, I think I spoke to him for like four or five minutes and he was just like, yep, you're good. We got you. And so now I'm a scheduled performer, basically, whenever they ask me to come back. 
nice. which is this coming week. That's so, that fits the stereotype so well of just, you just have to like know the right person and then make a good impression. Literally. Yeah. And I feel, <laughs> and I do feel like you have to like look a certain part. Like I, I think that within comedy, what sets me apart is that I'm very feminine and a lot of female comedians, like, I don't know if they just like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of female comedians do put on a persona of being like more masculine just because it is hard to make friends within comedy because it's so male dominated. Oh, I didn't even so, think like, about this. Yeah. Sorry. So I, don't like, know. I try to be very femme. <laughs> you like go out of your way. You're like, okay, it's for the brand. It's for, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure it's like, no, it is an... for the brand. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was kidding, but okay. Like, this is an intentional <laughs> thing. You're hamming it up for no. the stage. Yes, like I I wore a pink metallic skirt the last time I was up. So like and I, I feel like being more feminine will set me apart. Like people remember like me as like oh she like just it's just it's a very different look from what other people are wearing. Yeah, that that's makes like sense. the biggest thing about LA is that like you have to be you have to really set yourself apart in order to be noticed here because everybody is so different and everybody is talented. Yeah, you have to have your it's little stick. Just... How did you arrive at that? Was that something that you like set out to do from the get-go or was it something that someone else like pointed out to you or that you noticed when you saw other performers? Um, so I I used to dress down for my shows and or like for open mics because I did think that like the more chill vibe I had, like the more approachable I would be. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I'm like god, like these outfits are not me. And um I think just Honestly, just like one night, I just dressed different. I was like, no, nah, I want to wear my skirt and my sweaters. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I dressed a little different and I had the best open mic that I had experienced at that point in my life. So I just continued works, to look cuter. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just continued to dress as I wanted to, which yeah. I know this sounds so, it sounds so trivial, but you have to, you have to be a little bit different here. Yeah, I feel like it's part of branding yourself. It's it's not, like, too surprising to me, honestly. Because, yeah, people have to associate you with something. You have to have something, like, unique going for you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like, like when you lived in New York, like, your style, I feel like your style is very unique. Like, it's in a good way. But, like, your style, I feel like that definitely set you apart when you were living in New York. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it, like, set me apart, actually, because I think... Like a lot of people kind of have, well, not not exactly the same style, but a similar style as me. But I definitely oh, really? felt, yeah, no, that there's definitely like a bunch of people in Bushwick that are just like doing the same thing, that kind of the same thing that I'm doing, um, and, oh and all over Brooklyn, <laughs> I would say. Um, not obviously not exactly the same thing, but I wouldn't say it's like, oh wow, like I'm so unique in in what I wear or something like that. I I see, I'll see someone like with. Like the oversized look, I'll see that every now and then here, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, style. <laughs> oh, I was not thinking about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, I'll literally just like go out wearing like a five XL shirt. No one else does that. Okay, that, that is a very, that is a very yeah. me thing. I was, th- I was thinking XL. about wearing like wearing camo and like like NASCAR driver shit, which is like some something that other people do as well. But yeah, that's true. I I have not seen anyone else like out in the street just wearing like a 5xl fucking like hanes t-shirt with a weird like screen print on it yeah that's like yeah like, that's, that's my one I thing <laughs> you're a 5xl t-shirt if i wore a 5xl t-shirt somebody would be like do you need help <laughs> are you okay yeah i don't know how 
I mean, I definitely kind of expect people to be like, what the hell are you doing? But honestly, no one has ever, no one has ever been like, what? Like no one has ever <laughs> given me weird looks or I guess, okay, I get weird looks sometimes, but no one has ever been like, what the fuck? Like vocally expressed disapproval until I brought my 5XL to Germany and people here will, they won't, still won't say anything to me, but for, for living here, people dress very, I would say, um, like homogeneously and uh-huh. nicer than in the u.s um like and so they'll they'll be like oh god what the hell are you doing like i get the weirdest looks here from wearing like things that people wouldn't look twice in new york like a 5xl wolf shirt yeah something like that and they'll just be like oh god and they like instantly know i'm from america <laughs> oh my god. I, start, I open my mouth and they know it's gonna they're like okay english gotta switch they're like what disgusting <laughs> Um, but I'm I'm wondering about your uh, kind of like your goals or your next steps with comedy, because I guess for now, it's probably mostly just about getting back on stage now that the pandemic is subsiding enough that you can do so. But in mm-hmm. do you want to keep doing stand up? Like, is that kind of the end, the end game for you as well? Or are you doing it in hopes of working towards something else as well? Um, I want to be a network TV writer. So like my goal, com- my goal network is HBO. Like, I, I want to have my own series on HBO. And then the absolute end goal is to have my own late night talk show. Like, oh, I so think you do want to eventually. Would... Yeah, okay. It's not all yeah, stand-up. I... Right. No, stand-up is definitely just kind of a networking thing for me. Like, I do enjoy it. I love the attention. But um, I guess my, my short-term goals right now, since I'm unemployed, I really want to continue going to as many open mics as possible and start collaborating with, like, comedians, like, on their podcasts and just, like, short projects, like, like writing TV pilots. Literally, you have to write so many pilots just to even get one picked up. Mm-hmm. So I just, I really, in the next six months, I really want to get my foot in the door with, like, network writing. Yeah, okay. And that's like a totally different, like I obviously understand that the network is going to overlap to some extent, but I feel like that's a pretty different skill set. Or I don't know, yeah. do you see it that way? No, it's a totally different skill set. Like I, it takes me forever writing scripts. Like I, my friend Bryce and I are currently writing one and he basically does almost all the editing because I'm just, I'm so bad at formatting scripts. <laughs> I have to get better. I have, um, oh my God, I just realized that I'm paying a lot right now. Oh no, for a script service. Wait, what's, what do you mean that. a script service? What does that do? So like, uh, it automatically formats a script for you as you write. Oh. Yeah. That's so bougie. I didn't know that existed. And I forgot that I had it. I've just been using Google. <laughs> oh no, that's so much money. Is it, <laughs> is is it actually a lot? Like... Yeah, I've had it for, I, I have so many subscriptions. I need to go through and see what I don't do and don't use. But I think it's like $30 a month for oh not using God. it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yikes. That's like another, Yikes. that's like the price of my internet per month. That's, that's the price of your internet? I mean, I actually, I don't know what the price of my internet actually is, but I feel like internet is like 30 bucks or something, right? Maybe 40. I guess it depends who you're like 55. splitting it with. Oh yeah, I guess it's only twenty five per person, so that's not bad. Or twenty, it's like twenty three per person, something like that. Yeah, I, that's I need to do. I need like to do all my utilities to. for this month. Oops. <laughs> Yikes! 
Yikes, I'm realizing things. This oomphcast is making me realize things. Yeah, we're like getting your life on track right now. This, this like <laughs> needed to happen. Um, but speaking of paying bills, you have, I know that last time we talked about your OnlyFans, which is like a source of, I don't know how much income, but a source of income for you. <laughs> and on the last episode, I was talking about like Bad Baby's recent foray into OnlyFans. But let, let's start with yours. Let's start with your OnlyFans experience. <laughs> so I started OnlyFans... Um in December of 2020 and I started I started it because I was actually short money and I was like all right time to sell some ass like we need money and uh, I made like $400 selling ass and then I was like ah, I'm kind of over it like Wait, I still month? want this money yeah or, oh work yeah <laughs> I feel like that's pretty good I mean I don't know like, I literally don't know what like a normal OnlyFans like, I don't know nothing about it, but... Some girls make, like, $800 just in tips for one person. Like, some some people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars on OnlyFans. It's really cool. But, um, yeah, I made a very minimal amount. I made what I needed, honestly. <laughs> I made what I needed to live. <laughs> to, like, make rent, yeah. Yeah, and uh, um, what, what made me decide to keep it was that every time I fly and I'm going through airports, I buy Bumble Premium. And because it's like seven bucks for a week and I just sit and I swipe like I'm not even matching people. I'm just sitting and swiping and putting my my card out into like the area that I'm in. And then I have my Twitter in my Bumble. And so then my uh, my Bumble matches or people who see my Bumble profile will go to my Twitter and they'll sub and I'll make anywhere from 100 to 200 dollars every time I travel. And at this point, I'm not even putting like. I'm not even putting pictures up there. I'm putting pictures of food that my friends send me. And like, it, I call it my like food only fans. It's like a food porn only fans. Wait, this pipeline, the pipeline of like Bumble to Twitter to only fans. I can't believe that like people actually will, will follow that. Like, I can't believe it either. And people will like message me on there and be like, saw you on Bumble, saw you on Tinder. Like, and I'm like sick. You don't have to tell me that, but thank you. <laughs> I love that. That's because I I thought that you were just gonna end it at. I didn't know that this was gonna connect to OnlyFans at the end because I you know it's very common for people on their dating app profile just like put their Instagram or put their Twitter because they just like want followers. Mm-hmm. But you're literally making money off of it. That's kind of it. You won, right? Is right? that something that you came <laughs> up with, or did you like if you Google OnlyFans strategies, does this like come up? Um, it's, it's one, it was like my last resort, honestly, because for OnlyFans promo, you usually have to pay an Instagram account, like 20 bucks to put your pictures on a story, or you have to have a really large following on Twitter or Instagram. And I'm like, well, I have like 800 followers and I don't have, I mean, I have 1200 on Instagram. Like that's not, that's not a lot for trying to make money. But what I did know was that in LA, my Tinder account is one of the, would you like to super like this person? That's my Tinder account. So I was like, we're going to capitalize over on Tinder. <laughs> and it ended Gotta up working. the pipeline. Yeah. Do people get like, mad okay. at you for your like food content? Yeah. Or are you like transparent about the fact that that's what they're getting? I'm absolutely not transparent about it, but I'm also not lying about it. So my name is the Cake Boss, and it said my bio is now serving cake, which definitely true. insinuates ass. But I am literally posting pictures of food and cake, so I'm like, I am now serving cake. I so love it's it. Like it's like can't... a scam, but not a scam. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm preying on men's false assumptions. Exactly. It's and woke. I it's don't woke, think actually. that's a bad thing. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, if you have enough money to be dropping on an OnlyFans anyway, then, you know, it's not like you're going out and finding, like, the world's most vulnerable people and scamming them. You're finding people who are, like, spending however much money on a monthly OnlyFans subscription. Like, yeah. it's not that deep. They're coming by their free will. They're subbing 15 bucks a month on their own, like, by their own volition. Like, I'm, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything. Do the stats, um, like, tell you that people will show up for a month and then realize that there's, like, nothing on there that they want to see and then leave? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. This is a common yes. occurrence. Yes, but I have, like, five subs that subscribe every month for the food content. <laughs> that, wait, yeah. that's income. That's $75 a month for posting pictures of cake. I'm obsessed. Right? Like, and I, I love these people. I have no idea who they are. I have. I have gotten some weird messages on there, though. Like, there was this dude that I matched on Tinder once, and then he was moved out of my queue. So I was like, oh, he must have unmatched me for some reason. But then... We matched again. He was like, hey, I got banned from Tinder temporarily. And I was like, I don't know why I didn't see it as a red flag. Because, I mean, I've been banned from <laughs> Tinder before. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, just happens. And then he messaged me on Instagram. We were talking a little bit on Instagram. Or no, sorry, I missed a whole step. Sorry. So we matched again on Tinder. And then he was out of my queue again. So I was like, okay, this motherfucker. Like, this is so rude. And then I got a message on my OnlyFans. And he was like, hey, it's... Uh, his name was Matt. Hey, it's Matt from Tinder. I just, I remembered your Twitter. I don't have a Twitter. So I subbed your OnlyFans. And I'm like, you know, it's much easier to just make a Twitter than it is to make an OnlyFans. But I mean, like, go off, go off, give me Yeah, money. if I get money out of it, then. Exactly. And he's like, I don't, yeah. And he's like, I don't know if this is creepy or endearing. And I was like, it's kind of both. But like, here's my Instagram. Like, we can talk on Instagram. And then I ended up ghosting him because he just like was boring. And um, he took it extremely personally <laughs> and messaged. Should I read this message to you? Yeah, go off. If you are comfortable okay. sharing it, then we're going to listen. He's whack as hell, so I do not care. And he kind of called me out. So he messaged me and goes, so I'm going to apologize for this in advance because I'm a little tipsy, had an absolute shit night and have a tendency to pursue women who I know treat me like crap. Therefore, you're catching the brunt end of my frustrations. But like, what's your deal? I genuinely thought you were cool and wanted to hang out. I didn't even care if we actually hooked up or not. But after looking through your Twitter, it really does look like you get off by being, <laughs> you. sorry. It really does look like you get off on being demeaning towards men. Honestly, don't know where I'm going with this, but damn, I just want, I just want to know where your head's at. And he messaged me this on OnlyFans. What the hell? It, is that even like a... I can't tell if that was supposed to be mean or if it was just like... It kind of sounded like he was just saying that he was he thought it was interesting and he wanted to understand I, it. Like, yeah, maybe I should respond back. Or offended. <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe both. Maybe both. I. Maybe he's just as confused as we are. I feel like I'm getting like... The thing is like... I mean, you've, you've seen my Twitter. I love... I love being mean to men because I, most of the time they do things that like warrant. call for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do things that warrant me calling them out. Like, like men say the weirdest shit. They say such strange things. And uh, like half the time it's from like a match that I'm like, ah, I don't, they're not that hot, but I'm like, I'm going to swipe right anyway. I'm glad that we're getting some tips 
for the Oomphcast listeners who are looking to start their empire and need to know about, you know, the strategies that they can use at the airport, on Tinder, on Instagram. Like, here's how you get your own $75 a month. I feel like this is very educational. <laughs> yeah, this is how you get your DoorDash money for the month. You should you should sell one of those, like, uh, those online courses. It's like a PDF. Like, I'll teach you how to scam your way into an OnlyFans <laughs> following. It's I like should $30. have, like, those full body pictures with my arms over my chest, like, like those very 90s infographics, like, you know, like the OG infographic pamphlets. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's just incredibly serious. Like you're trying way too hard to brand it as professional. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Kamala Harris dresses. <sighs> She's bossing up, though. I love, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with all the content coming out of the White House right now. The, the White House <laughs> is a content mill. Like, fuck legislation. We just want content <laughs> of Kamala and Biden walking around wearing sunglasses. <laughs> I mean, that's all we're getting. So I love them. I love them. Honestly, the like the strides in her heels, I'm like, I could never, <laughs> I could never. Their PR team better be making like seven figures. Like every single person, they're killing it. I I hope for the sake of her feet that she <laughs> is only uh, taking walking pictures in those shoes and not actually walking around in them because those tiny little heels. I'm just like, man, I would be. You you catch me walking up to the Oval Office falling. She, yeah, she gets like four pictures and then just puts on slippers and like walks or just walks Could around the White House like that. <laughs> Putting on like Birkenstocks. Oh, before, okay, before we start talking about OnlyFans, I want to get, this is what I was going to ask you about, um, mm-hmm. uh, about Bad Baby is that, okay, so on the previous episode, basically the deal with Bad Baby is that as soon as she turned 18, she made an OnlyFans and literally made $1 million in six hours. Um, oh god! And like seven hundred fifty thousand of it, or something, was from subscriptions, and then a significant portion, like two hundred thousand or so of it, was from messages. So how does that work? Do can people just pay to message you like mm-hmm. per time, or is it like oh they pay a certain amount and then you're obligated to message them back for a certain period, or like how does that work? So they're pay per view messages, and you uh, people will pay to message you. And uh, I don't, I don't have mine set up to do that just because like I have nine subscribers, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, people make a lot of money on messages or um, even like tips, like you can, you can tip a post and that'll appear in your messages. Um, boy, how much, how much money did she make from messages? I think it was around like 200,000 and then the rest of it was tips. I don't know. It was something That's like insane. that. I, yeah. No, it was it was so wild. Like good she posted for a screenshot her. Of it. Yeah, good no, she she bossed up. I was like, we were talking about whether or not we thought that she was gonna actually continue it, or like honestly, she could just delete it after one month and be like, Okay, I'm just gonna like keep my million. Thanks, y'all. Dude, she could she could keep that account for a year, do nothing on it, and still probably make another million by the end of the year just by passive income from people who forget. Yeah, that's by true. people who just forget their subscription or just want to stay to st- like stick around and see if she posts anything. Yeah, I guess it would be really dumb for her to like delete it. Yeah, because she had yeah. like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars of subscriptions. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm glad I know I how actually... that works. Though I was like wondering about the the inner workings, the creator side of the OnlyFans experience. Yeah. I mean, I don't know I, anything about the consumer side either, really, but it's fascinating. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> either. I tell all my friends to sub as if I like, have an account that I sub with, but I like stand social, like, what? Like, I, I stand influencers being on OnlyFans. Like, Tana Mojo, she was asked 
what the OnlyFans money was like. And she literally was like, it's life changing. Like, I don't know. I feel like if you if you're a content creator and you have a large following, like get the fuck on to OnlyFans because there's people who are going to pay you and that's just more money. Like, why not? You know? Right, right. Yeah, I just recently found out that it's not all like explicit, like X-rated shit. Like some people just have it and they just post like fucking selfies or like you're out here mm-hmm. posting literal pictures of cake. So <laughs> yeah, so... it's not as like <laughs> one dimensional as people think it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time I saw this tweet and it was like this guy, he said, I subbed a girl's OnlyFans and it's just her freestyle rapping and she's not really, she's not good. <laughs> That's so entertaining, though. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, I should just get on my OnlyFans and just film myself talking. Like, there's so many things a day that I think of that I don't tweet and I don't text my friends. I should just get on OnlyFans and just Just pop off. Yeah, like literally every single thing that you think, just post it on there. Maybe someone will be interested. Yeah, like maybe... I don't want to, oh my god, I was about to name drop that guy. I shouldn't name drop him. I know that some of my followers are some of my sim or not some of my followers, some of my subs are my simps from Twitter, which that's nice. Yeah, they're being sourced from twitter.com. I love that. Yeah. I feel like the OnlyFans in bio trend is like ending because I feel like there were so many people who like created one and then gave up on it once they realized that it was like maybe not as easy as they thought it was. Or yeah. they, they, didn't, they didn't have a proper strategy. This is why they're they need your PDF that you charge like $30 yes. for that has the tips, the same tips that you just gave here for free. That's why we yeah, that. They can either listen to Oomcast or they can, <laughs> or they can buy my PDF. Exactly. My cousin made a PDF workout book and put it on Amazon and there was actually seven typos in the title. Seven in the title? <laughs> yeah. That's like terrifying. <laughs> How does that even happen? I- Oh, no. I kind of love that though. <laughs> like I'm obsessed with like the like extremely low effort stuff like that. Like <laughs> you just type something up, never look at it again, and then just like think it's worth money. That was like literally me writing my book. Like Dude, your book never came. I have to reorder it. I have no idea. Really? I think one of my neighbors may have stolen it. I love that. They're gonna learn so much. <laughs> that's like that's literally the worst package to steal. Like they wanted it to be something that was like worth money and it's just some random guy they've never heard of, just not using any capital letters. Well the thing is I'd ordered two books that week. I had ordered Franny and Zoe and your book. And so I got Franny and Zoe at my door, but your book never arrived. And I was like, there's no way that someone didn't steal this book. Wait, that's so weird. Like, why wouldn't they come in the same package? I know. But dude, that happens all the time. I try to bulk my Amazon orders and it never happens. I don't know if it's just like an LA thing because we have like so we have like three warehouses in the city, I believe. So Oh, so they're like, coming they from just... different places, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some days I'll get my Amazon order in two hours. Oh, damn. Yeah yeah that's wild yeah because i don't think there's that many like mine is print on demand and i don't think there's that many like printers so it might not even like it probably doesn't come from like super close i don't know where the printers are like when i order them in germany they get printed in poland and then shipped here oh my god yeah but no i i need to order what is the title again it's not it's not abstraction it's literally just lying Yes. I lowered the price. It's $3.48 now, which is the minimum price I'm allowed to put it. So you you saved $1.52 by waiting. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I no longer make, instead of making 85 cents per copy, I make zero cents per copy now. How devastating for my my income. (laughs) 
Um, I want to talk about the last time uh, we talked about like your Greek life college experience, which is just fascinating to me in general, but I feel like you have a particularly unique experience. So let's go, let's go through that. Yes. Yes. So I joined the Greek life my sophomore year of college because a girl in my major was like, you'd be wonderful in my sorority. And I was like, I, and so I signed up for a recruitment last minute, got into the one that she wanted me to get into. And I hated it for the first semester. Like I hated it. I didn't want to be a part of it. And then um, I vaguely knew Michaela from uh, this comm class that we had freshman year. But then uh, one night I was with Sierra. Me and Sierra, we were uh, like, I feel like Sierra and I were kind of like the reason that we we stayed in the sorority. And then we ended up like flourishing. Like, we ended up flourishing. But like the first semester, we were kind of like, you're cool. I'm cool. Like, this is cool. Then we met, we hung out with Michaela one night. And then that's kind of when my sorority life like started budding. I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, you're just giving us a history of your sorority experience. Yes. I, I'm okay. Like, yeah. I'm just true. interested in honestly, like how this works, like why people are motivated to do it. Like, because you, I mean, you eventually quit. Right. So I'm kind of wondering, like, how did we, how did we I get I got there? kicked out. Or, okay. Yeah. Kicked I, out. So, <laughs> yeah. So I got kicked out eventually, but it was, it was sort of once I met, like sort of once me and Sierra really clicked with Michaela. Cause I, I had always like, I, I always said, well, I wanted to be friends with Michaela, like when I met her in com, and I later found out that she wanted to be friends with me and neither of us were just like, you're just like too shy or like, didn't want to be the first person. Yeah. I don't know if we were too intimidated or just like, we were like, uh, like this bitch too cool for me. Like, you know what I mean? But once we, once we got together, we were like, oh my God, like this is a match made in heaven. Yeah. Literally. Yes. Literally. But, um, yeah, I had a really good run for like two years. I was heavily involved. I was going to a bunch of like frat formals and I ended up getting the reputation of like a party girl, which I mean, I already had that reputation on campus uh, from my freshman year because my freshman year was ab- was obscene. It was so much fun, but it was obscene to be <laughs> honest with you. I had a good run and then I, I think it was like my first senior year, I, I was a fifth year senior. But for my first senior year, I had a billing issue. There was about $400 that I didn't, I didn't know um, what I was being charged for. And at the time I was supporting myself because my mom was starting to go through chemo. And so I basically just like wanted to know what I was paying for and no one would tell me and headquarters wasn't going to tell me. And I ended up forking over the $400 anyway, and they still kicked me out. What? So... I did not. Yeah, I but, feel like I missed last time that this was all over some financial thing. That's like, yeah, it was yeah. Like if they're gonna bill but, you for something and then not explain what it is and then what the fuck. Basically, yes, but also, my like I had been told multiple times that I was the biggest liability in Theta. So I like when I was kicked out, I was like, God, like I know, I know why they didn't help me. Like I know that they like I. They were just, like, looking for a reason, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I had really never, like, like, I'd been threatened to go to standards before, but I had never really, like, publicly uh, gone over the line. Like, I'd never publicly been, like, that messy. Wait, what does it mean to go to standards? Uh, I should have gone to standards. Like, I got alcohol poisoning at a frat, at a frat party. Like, I should have gone to standards for that. 
it's like stuff like that where they're like you can't behave like this you need to be a lady oh so it's like the, it's like happens. the disciplinary mechanism like like we need yeah. to protect our reputation type of thing yes yes but what but what is standards like they send you there and then they just tell you to stop or like it, it sounds like it's some i mean everything about greek life sounds like it's some like ritualistic culty thing but it i'm just curious so like what actually happens um <laughs> Or if you don't you know, that's fine, but I'm just curious. I'm trying, I, I hate explaining this because you go to standards and you either are kicked out of the sorority or you're put on like probation, which so means like that you can't. Kind of. Yeah, okay, and it's so okay. dumb. It's like you can't come to like the Greek feeds, like the charity feeds. You can't participate in socials, which were dumb as fuck anyway. Um, like, it, like, if I had been told I wasn't able to participate in the socials, I'd been like, oh, no, sad. sad. <laughs> I literally don't care. Yeah. It's a privilege. Yeah. I no longer am I'm obligated. Like, I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a privilege that I'm no longer obligated to go to this. But, um, yeah, we just, we did so many fucked up things while we were still in the sorority. And when I was kicked out, Michaela ended up leaving. Lexa, a.k.a. Gothbrooks, ended up leaving. Um my friend Lauren, another girl. And the only one that stayed was Sierra, but she had like, um, she had leadership positions within the sorority. So it's like, she had purpose for staying. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like this is just me being interested in Greek life? This doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your experience, I guess. But like, did you find that being in Greek life was like a useful network for you and for your sorority sisters? Um, like, was there a benefit? I mean, I got, I got two of my best, two of my best friends out of Greek life. I would, yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew Lexa before. So, I mean, I guess three of my best friends, I got three of them, but Lexa ended up joining and she was my little, and that's how we got super close. But no, I mean, I got, I got three of like the closest women in my life out of Greek life. And I think that's honestly worth it enough. Yeah. No, and I made, like, a, I made like a lot a of really good friends, but like, <laughs> the like networking thing like for a professional life yeah i guess that's i would I never back. yeah okay. i would never because <laughs> like when you tell people that you're in a sorority out here they're just like you republican <laughs> so I'm, republican. i just like, i feel like that doesn't i mean i understand that there might be some sort of correlation there but that's a that's a pretty big yeah. jump to make it's a very broad jump but like that's a, a majority or like if we mentioned that we were thetas, like people from bigger cities will be like, "Oh my god, you were a theta," and I'm like, "Trust me, it's not what you think." Yeah, it's not the same. It was thing at North Dakota different... State University. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like like you went to UW Madison, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've been to the theta chapter there. It was incredible. Like those girls were hot. The house was so cool. We are not the same. <laughs> oh, really? That's, like, surprising to me. I would think that they would be roughly similar. Because, like, UW, U of M, the Dakota schools are, like, all just major universities in the Midwest. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, whenever, whenever I was at the U of M, I would not squeal that I was in the Theta chapter. Because, oh, because they, like, like the have rep- a totally different impression of what that means. Reputation, yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. so interesting. People I didn't know like- it would be so different. <laughs> okay. It, it varies. Like when uh, I remember when we were uh, spring breaking in like the southern states, like we would spring break in Florida and Texas. And if we told people that we were theaters, like we would always get invites to parties. 
like Greek Greek life is a disease down there. <laughs> yeah, so I know Southern Greek life. I've definitely heard about it. It's like <laughs> very scary. my friend she was like I'm an alpha gamma delta and a girl was literally like ew <laughs> she literally said ew and my friend was like but I'm with thetas like they love me and the girl was like I guess you can come with us Oh my god. I was like this shit is a disease Yeah, but it's it's like so literally funny just a way to categorize people and then rank them based on like their affiliation. Yeah, I did. I, however, I did get like some some of the most drunk points of my life were in Greek life. Like I remember, I threw my height, I threw my heels across the the Delta Hotel, formerly known as the Ramada Plaza. I threw it across the lobby, out of formal. I have no idea what I was on, but I threw my shoes across the lobby. Obsessed. Yeah, and then I threw DVDs at someone from the back of their car. <laughs> DVDs? Like, what? I I apparently, forgot that DVDs I saw, existed, but I guess this was a while ago, <laughs> so. this is 2017 and I saw DVDs in the back of a car and I started throwing them to the front seat and I was like, you need to return these to Redbox. You're going to get so many Oh my god, views. you were helping them. That was like a, that was like a public <laughs> service. right. They needed And the that. girl who was driving, <laughs> she didn't need that, but the girl driving me home, she was like, those are my DVDs. And I was like, why the fuck do you have DVDs in the first place? This is Netflix. Like, I, God, uh, that night was insane. I remember Sierra had a Advil bottle of Everclear that I drank, and then she had another Advil bottle of Everclear that we gave to this girl who was visiting from Washington, D.C. And um, this girl, her dad is one of the, he's one of the richest men, men on the East Coast. So she's definitely like, like She's balling. she, I don't think she had really experienced like a nitty gritty Greek, like, fraternity formal so we were in the bathroom of this hotel and we we're like take the shot like take the shot of Everclear and she was like ew I don't want to and then she was like actually I do want to so then she did but the only chase that we had was diet Mountain Dew and she was like I don't drink diet soda and we're like girl you're gonna drink diet soda tonight Yeah, what? She was like, a, she was scared of the aspartame. She's literally drinking Everclear. Like, I love how <laughs> the the line is not drawn at Everclear, but it's drawn at like Diet Mountain Dew. Like, how does that right happen? What are you thinking? I mean, that Right. honestly, like, I feel like I have shit like that too. But I'll, I'll drink Everclear. But there are some. Actually, I feel like I'll pretty much drink any. Like, I'll drink diet soda, especially if it's just like chasing something. Like, I'll drink regular soda too. I
it's really small right now and I'm still waiting. We're still, uh, we're still waiting for income to start processing, but yeah, I honestly It's like a project it. that you hope will grow into something else. Yeah. Yeah. We're hoping that it'll, our goal for it is to be like fashion Nova level retail. Cause we both have retail degrees. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. You returned to your educational roots. After, yeah somehow <laughs> yeah after like a, a couple years or whatever obsessed yeah i actually just realized something that i can't believe i forgot do you remember the um the lawsuit i told you about with target um no i think i talked about it in the last oh okay i don't remember that so, horrible memory but that's okay so i <laughs> i was getting i was getting sued by target for what what I was... the hell <laughs> so i worked i worked at a starbucks inside target and um I, uh, I worked, so I worked for Starbucks inside Target and there was a day where I had a team lead tell me to switch my time by like 15 or so minutes. So he had clocked me in at 9.45 and I'd actually arrived at work at 9.36 and he told me to just set my time back in the computer to 9.30 and HR clocked it as timestamp fraud. And when they asked the team lead about it, he of course lied through his teeth and, um, said that I did it on my own and I didn't so I was fired for timestamp fraud and it was literally a dollar that I would have stolen from them per se that had been the situation but I just hadn't gotten to talk about it until December 28th when it was settled and um Target actually pulled out well yeah because why would they like situation I mean I guess none of it makes sense from their end but like I guess I sort of, it's not that crazy to me that they would fire you over it. I mean, like it is, mm -hmm. but within the context of like labor rights in America, it's not, but it's right. actually fucking weird that they would like, why did they actually go through the process of suing you? Like, because I claimed unemployment insurance from them, but I claimed oh. unemployment insurance from them because the first time we had a meeting about it, I was like, am I getting fired? And she said, no, you're not. And I said, write that down. Yeah. And so, uh, when I was fired, I was like, this is wrongful termination. I'm claiming an I'm claiming unemployment because I was moving to LA in two days and I was supposed to transfer Starbucks's. I was supposed to trans. Oh my God, that was terrible. I was supposed to transfer Starbucks stores. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, you are not fucking me over like this. Yeah, that's so wild. I don't, I mean, I don't really know, I guess, exactly all the things that it entails for an employer to have to pay unemployment insurance like I know that if they if they lay people off or like whatever then they get you know they have to pay more I guess into like unemployment mm -hmm. insurance but like what the like I don't understand how it would be worth it for them to spend legal resources on that like I don't know that is very literally it makes me wonder if it was like an actual financial decision or if they or if they were just trying to like set a precedent or like teach a lesson to their employees or something like that which is like I think I think they're trying to teach a lesson because I have friends who work at headquarters and um, to be honest, I mean, I think that because my dad's like friend works at headquarters, I think that that is also a part because my dad called him and told him about the whole situation. And I feel like that might've helped my situation, but um, my like college friends that do work at target headquarters, they, um, they were like, we got mass emails out um, like days after that happened about like, stop, you might be, committing timestamp fraud and it's now on posters in every target store across the nation 
that you might be committing timestamp fraud all because I clocked six minutes that I hadn't been in the store. What the hell? Like, yeah, my I impact. <laughs> hate employment law I in hate America. corporate. I hate corporations. Not too. But like, that's, that's normal, right? To like round to the nearest 15 minutes, which like if it was 36, then you would round that down. Also, like, and, uh, how much are they fucking paying you? Probably less than $15 an hour. Like, who I was, cares? yeah, I was getting 15, 15 an hour there. And I was like, I literally, I had a dollar in my pocket and I pulled it out in my HR meeting. I was like, do you want this? Do you want this dollar? Because obviously it doesn't mean anything to me. You can have it back. Like, this is apparently yours. And they're like, that's not what this is about. That's not the principle of the situation. And I'm like, obviously, there was no ill intent. This is pointless. But you know what? Had I not been fired from Target, I wouldn't have started working at Buka. I wouldn't have met my friend Zach, who got me into stand-up comedy here. Like, everything like happens for a reason. It's so insane. So nice try, Target. Well, thank you so much, Ellen, for coming on. It was really good to have you. I'm glad that this episode is actually going to go out. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. I hope I didn't make a complete like weirdo of myself too. I mean, if you did, I can edit it out. So it's it's fine. We can manipulate the image in whatever way is appropriate. Um, but I always give everyone a chance to you know plug their stuff. So we know your your Twitter is Wet Papa. What's your Instagram again? Tornado Ellen. Tornado Ellen. And then is there anything else that you yeah. want to plug? Um, yes. My um, Aqua Los Angeles on Instagram. I want to plug that really quick. Love it. Yes. That is my shop. That is um, my free time. So I yeah, follow that and my other socials. Sweet. All right. Thanks again for Thank being you. on. Thank you for having me. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. You have a nice one. You too. Peace. Bye, Umfis.